Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love Podcast. This is the show all about the Fujifilm camera system and the photographers who love to use them. And of course, this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things related to the Fujifilm X series, GFX cameras, head on over to Fujilove.com. My guest this week is Tony Corbell. He is just an amazing photographer, awards like you wouldn't believe. Um, he has been a, a tremendous photographer. He is an official Fuji X photographer. And among his many accolades, Profoto named him Legend of Light. WPPI gave him the Lifetime Achievement Award. PPA gave him the Honorary Master of Photography. And just recently, he was given a coffee mug calling him the world's biggest Beatles fan. <laughs> Tony, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm great. And, and, and of all of those things, which, you know, with a, with a long enough career, they give you those anyway. But the one that matters is the Beatles fan. <laughs> so so thank you for thanks for paying attention to all of that. <laughs> I, I may have made up one, but I, I'll try to get one in the mail to you. That's, that's good. <laughs> Um, I mean, going through your, uh, going through your portfolio and your history, it is, it is, uh, extensive, <laughs> lush. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's been, I've been pretty lucky, obviously. And, and there's, uh, you know, I, I look back on it all and I think that there were four or five, you know, major forks in the road. And I, and I was thankfully in the right place at the right time and made the right choice to turn, you know, left instead of right. And, and I've made some decisions that worked out. Okay. And that's uh, amazing. Yeah. So it, you know, it kind of, it all kind of fell in place the way it was supposed to, I think. Right on. So let's start uh, kind of memento style and, and, and start at the end. Sure. Um, well, it's not the end, but like just, just a current date. You weren't a, a, a official ex photographer. Uh, what, what is it about the Fuji system? that appealed to you and uh, what gear are you using as of today? Well, it, that came about, about well, maybe three years ago or so. Um, I was a Canon user. I was a Canon, you know, Mark, Mark user, 5D Mark user. And, yeah. uh, and I do, you know, my workshop partner and I do some workshops, international workshops for travel. Uh, we call them travel tours and photo tours. Yep. And the last couple that we did were in Italy and, and I kept, you know, we were often on trains every other day or so. And I just recall thinking how heavy my bag was and I've got to find a way to lighten this bag up. And, uh, and so I went to, I was in Salt Lake city lecturing at a conference there for a great dealer called picture line. And three of my buddies that I remember from the old days that were from Fuji were there and they had a booth set up and, and one of them, Louis Navarro, said, here, put this in your hand. And he hands me a, a, an X-T3 camera. Yeah. And he says, just put it in your hand and see how it feels to you. And I said, Louis, I'm not sure if I want to look at this. And I, and, and I got it in my hand, and I looked down at it, and there was a mechanical aperture. There was a dial, a mechanical dial for the ISO, and a mechanical dial for the shutter speed. And I went, and, and then and the grip fit in my hand. 
And I went, okay, well, I said, well, let me just, let me just carry this around for a little while. So I wandered around that trade show with that camera in my hand all day. And never gave it back. (laughs) Well, I I did, but he had to really, he had to really ask for it. Um, But, and then I started looking at some of the quality of the work. And then I started looking at the list of people that were using Fujifilm, especially the the X team and the creators and, you know, and it just kind of started making sense. So uh, we ended up with two uh, X-T3s. Uh, then next came along the 50R uh, medium format. Yeah. Then, uh, and then, of course, X-T4 came out and had to get an X-T4, which uh, is really my day-to-day go-to camera uh, in the studio and, and on location. But for commercial work, sometimes it's it's really tasty uh and then uh they called me about the release of the gfx 100s and i was one of a handful that got to test that prior to release and did some of the early launch pictures uh with that camera so now i've got a, a gfx 100s also so i've got uh <laughs> I've, mm. I've got quite a ton of fuji gear uh and and i have to tell you i'm just delighted with what i'm seeing the, the quality of the images are terrific um first and foremost and but mostly if these camera bodies fit my hands and they were designed to fit somebody's hand they weren't just clunky and uh that makes all the difference in the world and the menus make sense i looked at a lot of mirrorless cameras when i made the switch Uh, i looked at everything on the market pretty much and uh, the menus none of the menus made any sense fuji's menu makes sense i can find anything i need to find in their menu so uh, that really made the, that really sold me and pushed me over the edge. And really, the menu is kind of secondary because you have your primary uh, primary dials right in front of you. Uh, you do and just you do. Uh, a dial away or a switch away. Yeah, you do. Yeah, the 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 you know what they call the triad. The the, the you know the shutter speed, ISO, and aperture are all three together and mechanical right in front of you. And yeah. uh, you can go to work with that. That's all I used for 20 years before before digital hit. And you know, <laughs> I was working with manual Hasselblad. So uh, it, all made it, it all made sense to me. So I, I had no hesitation to jump into Fuji. So today, are you primarily uh, j- uh, teaching or are you also doing any other kind of? Uh, yeah, a bit of both. A bit of both. Um, you know, my wife uh, in our studio, she does a lot of family portraits and high school seniors and some editorial for some of the magazines. Uh, and I've kind of always leaned in the last, I guess, probably the last 10 or 15 years, I've leaned a lot more commercial advertising, editorial, fashion, um, that sort of thing. Um, we have a, a really good friend and a client up here that's got a winery. And a couple of months ago, we shot 43. 40, well, we had, we shot 23 bottles of wine, 23 wine labels, two different ways. So we delivered 46 wine images to him. Uh, so we're, you know, I'm, I do shoot a lot of that stuff still, but I am also teaching quite a lot. Um, and thankfully Fuji likes me and Fujifilm likes me and so does Profoto. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. I've been doing this 40 something years and I'm very, very comfortable with a good mix of, of, commercial work and teaching work. So let's now take the time machine, go back. Um, so we, you know, we, you gave us a good idea of what you're doing today. How did it all begin? Let's, 40 years ago, what was the, 
what was the thing to drive you into photography or, well, or you start with something else first? Yeah, no, no, that's, and that's interesting. I'm one of the few professional photographers that never had photography as a hobby or as a, I, I never, I never did it as a part-timer or a hobbyist. It was the first time I picked up a camera and used it uh, was for a paying client. And mm-hmm. uh, so for me, it was my brother-in-law calling and saying, I think, I think you'd make a good photographer. Why don't, why don't you come, let me train you. I went, okay. I was, you know, mm-hmm. early twenties and thought, well, I can do that. <clears throat> and uh, I sat in the back of a dark studio and watched him for three months, uh, having not taken any pictures. And I watched and learned and studied everything that he was doing. And then one day he said, okay, you're ready, go to work. And, I, and the next high school senior session that walked down off the street was the one I photographed. And, uh, and literally that was the first time I really ever shot was for this client. So, you know, it's, it started there. And, and for me, it was just a job for the long, for the longest time, probably a year, maybe even a year and a half. It was just work. I got off at six and went home and didn't think about it again, but it then started getting under my skin and I realized possibilities and I realized I had to grow and I realized it was time to leave the, the safety of my sister and her husband's business and move on to another, uh, move on to something else. And so I, I moved to another location in West Texas, uh, with a pretty high end photographer at the time because I needed to learn more. And I had learned as much as, as much as I could from my, from my brother-in-law's business. So, you know, then it was just little baby steps from there of, of, like I say, making wise choices at the right time. And, uh, but yeah, I started, I started in West Texas and, uh, it's funny now, you know, now that I'm in the Southwest in Oklahoma, I'm in Texas all the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and all these guys that started the same time I did, we see each other all the time at, at different photo events and conventions. And we just look back and shake our head because we've all aged a little and we've all grown a little and we've all been doing this since we were, <laughs> since we were young and stupid, you know, and it's really fun to have watched all of us grow up and their kids grow up and my kids grow up and, you know, that sort of thing. So. But just just a little bit of age. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. <laughs> um, from uh, early on, where, where were where were your next steps in, in photography? Like, well, you know, there was into... a, there was a pretty top guy in those days, and in the mid eighties, uh, there was a really top guy named Dean Collins, and a lot of, a lot of people will remember Dean. Um, Dean really was a fascinating guy and a fabulous lighting technician. And uh, had a, an amazing studio, and he designed these collapsible lighting panels for the first time. And uh, and he started a series of books and videos called Fine Light, F-I-N-E-L-I-G-H-T. And uh, Dean and I became friends over one of the conferences that I had attended, and, and he basically invited me uh, to sell my studio in West Texas, uh, which I eventually opened, and moved to San Diego and go to work with him to produce the books and videos. Uh, which I did, and we ended up out there working together for four or five years, and and from that I that which which that was a good sort of a fork in the road decision I think, and then right after that uh, we that was kind of running its course for a while, and so books and videos like what what year is this? This was eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight. So this is brand new territory too. Oh, it was it was absolutely brand new. Sure. Yeah, nobody, nobody was doing this. Nobody, yeah. nobody was doing this stuff yet. 
and uh, we were one of the first ones to come out with a video series. Uh, and, you know, here's a couple of knuckleheads. And, I mean, we were selling literally tens of thousands of, of how-to videos in 1986, 87, and 88. How and was it was, received by the photography community? Because huge, kind of it like- was so well. And, and, and it wasn't just received well, but then everybody also got on board. Yeah. And then, and then the top, you know, all the top guys out there were starting to do, to do their own sort of series too. One of the things that we had done well and we were smart about, which we just made, a, you know, we just stumbled into it. We went after Kodak first to see if they would sponsor in some way these this video series. And they said they would uh, if we would also go on tour. So, you know, we got a fairly substantial investment from Kodak to go on this lecture tour of 60 or 70 cities and do these videos in the highest quality possible. So there were a lot of people in the market that were out there doing some videos and they were doing some pretty, you know, pretty homegrown, pretty rough looking work. And we had some pretty polished work, but we had the funding to be able to afford to do it well, you know, so it went great. And then, uh, and then that all sort of kind of ran its course. And I got a call to, go to Santa Barbara, California to teach at Brooks Institute. And, and so I chewed around and gnawed on that decision. And I thought, okay, well, I'll do that. And that became a great decision. And, <laughs> you know, so it's just like one decision after the next. And then four years later, I get a call from Hasselblad USA. How would you like to come to Hasselblad? Okay. Well, that was a good decision. <laughs> so, you know, and then I went back to shooting full-time after that and moved back to San Diego after doing my seven years in New Jersey. Uh, Hasselblad was for New Jersey? Yeah. And that was in uh, their, their headquarters, the U.S. headquarters then. Hasselblad USA was in Fairfield, New Jersey. Uh, just, you know, 15 miles east of the Lincoln Tunnel. So pretty near the, pretty near the city. And, uh, you know, I was in charge of uh, publications and uh, communications, newsletters. Uh, I shot product uh, development. And I went around to dealers and did seminars on, on, uh, studio lighting and lighting control and, and all about Hasselbloods. So I did that for a while. This was very, a, a very manual process back when, you know, film was still, Oh yeah. Uh, film was still King. Yeah. And so back then you already have great knowledge of uh, photography and doing video work. And back then, video, you're working with what? Uh, tape? I, I, I don't think... Yeah, we were, using, we were using uh, a tape called Beta SP in those days. They had Beta and Beta SP, and the SP uh, did nothing more than give us a better quality audio. But, you know, when these were, they were shot on this Beta. Then we edited on uh, three-quarter... Well, we edited on one-inch masters, Yes, and then, and then from the one inch masters, they replicated and made the tapes, the half inch, you know, VHS tapes from that. <laughs> so, but that was no easy feat either. I mean, you're going through like you have like the d- dual quote unquote monitors. Oh yeah, it was it was it was, it was rough. <laughs> it was it was pretty archaic for sure. And uh, I remember when I the first time I saw you know non linear editing, I almost passed out. You know, because because we just had to use a joystick and drive forward, you know, 28 minutes to find that one clip and then drive back 34 minutes to get that one little clip. And that took so much time, you know. Yes, it is. 
And when we saw nonlinear editing, we all just looked at each other and went, <laughs> you know, this changes everything. So, and it was just the same <laughs> thing as, as going from film to digital, you know, that, that for still photography, that same feeling that still photographers felt the video people felt it as well when they started non-linear editing, you know, it really made a difference. So let's go into that. Um, so that, that transition from, cause I'd imagine the, the Hasselblad time is pretty close to it. Uh, that transition from film to digital. I think it was, I think it was about the same time. I, my last roll of film, uh, and I, and I talk about this a lot in my workshops. My last roll of film I shot was in July of 2000. And it was on House of Blood on a movie set in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, and I remember uh, somebody had loaned me a Fuji S1 camera, first generation S1 camera, which was on a Nikon DCS 260 body or something. Um, and it was a pretty small file, two, two, two megabyte files or four megabyte files, some, some ridiculous small yeah. files. And, uh, and I remember sending, uh, files out and, uh, the client loved these files and said, that's great. And I've got, and so, so I'm sitting there with all this film that I never have processed. I've lost it now, but. But for years, I kept thinking, well, I'm just going to hold this film and see when I need to process it. And I never needed to process it because I was able to utilize and get everything I needed from those digital files. Yeah. And email those files. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just made it made sense. All of a sudden, the digital world got me that day. And it was like, OK, I get it. And I have never shot a roll of film since. And every few years, I go and buy a brick of film thinking I'm going to load these Hasselbloods up again and go shoot film. And then I think, what, what are you thinking? There's no reason for me to ever, ever do that again. I mean, you know, I can't print optically. I'm printing digitally. There's no yeah. lab that's going to really print for me. Uh, the loss of time and the effort and the energy would, and there's no gain for me other than, gee, I sure do. Gee, I ha I've missed my Hasselbloods, but that's about the only gain. There's no, there's no uh, quality uptick at all here. So, I'm not, I'm not buying any more film. <laughs> These cameras are on a shelf now. So yeah, you don't miss it one, one bit. I don't miss it a bit. Do you, um, is the Fujifilm film simulations kind of, uh, would that be enough to be the, that fill in that, I don't want to call it a void because there doesn't seem to be one. Well, but it, but it kind of is. And that's a good way to think about it, I guess. Uh, I hadn't thought about it much until recently. Uh, I was given the opportunity from Fujifilm to do some, uh, to submit some pictures with, you know, with a complete ring around with all of the film simulations on each of these, you know, 12 files that I'm delivering to them. <clears throat> so each, each, each photo will, will have all of the film simulations attached to it. So I'm, I'm really, and I'm just digging into that project right now. So I'm real anxious to see uh, if it's going to go as well as I think it's going to go. But from what I've seen so far, uh, these, the film simulations are really, really well done and they're well written. And, and more importantly, they're well described. Uh, the, the way, you know, it would be pretty easy to, to mess up the title or the name of the preset or the simulation to have it not not be truly represented in the actual use of it. 
but there seems to work pretty darn well. So I'm encouraged. I'm really encouraged. Do you have a favorite? Uh, not yet. I'm a, I'm I'm a big fan of black and white. Uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of any cinema look. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm in the I'm in the midst of doing this testing right now. Uh, in, gotcha. in, a, in a month, I'll have. Oh yeah, here's my top three picks. Uh, yes. But I'm just now digging into them and really starting to use them. So. Awesome. I, I can't wait to see what you, uh, what you come back with. I think it's going to be fun. I, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the testing that I've done uh, and some of the stuff that I've done has been so much fun. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, like my – it's like the Fujifilm, the whole transition to Fujifilm gave me a little bit of a shot of adrenaline that I needed. It just like uh, Profoto did when Profoto released the first B1s where I've got a transmitter that makes sense, where I've got TTL that works and high-speed sync that's, an, that's incredible. Uh, you put all that together, that enthusiastic, uh, those enthusiastic products for me, the B10s, which I'm using now, uh, and the A10s, plus the Fujifilm new cameras, I, I couldn't be happier. And, and all of it is making me better, more efficient, faster. And, and it's almost like the technology sort of finally makes sense and it finally caught up ttl was terrible for so many years i mean yeah. everybody tried to use ttl and it was awful because it was never very accurate and well now ttl is ridiculously accurate and and the ability for me to go on location turn on ttl and go to a four thousandth of a second at f4 and photograph an executive outside in the bright sun i'd never would have dreamed in my career i could have done that and i can do yeah. it all day long and make it look great so, <laughs> um, and just to be able to, just in case, use an electronic shutter. It's, sure, sure. It's, it yeah. makes so much sense. I've been uh, testing the uh, fifty millimeter uh, f one, and I, I did that. Um, I wanted to see how far far I could push it, and middle of the daytime, bright sunlight. Uh, I'm photographing two brides and it's at F1 electronic shutter. And I, I got it. It was, it was, it came out beautiful. Yeah. Um, but man, that lens is dense. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of glass. <laughs> it is a lot of glass. It is. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It, it, the, the, the end result is, I, I would say, as somebody who has very little experience with mm -hmm. medium format, it's very medium format like. Mm -hmm. uh, You're right. You're right. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's gorgeous. I don't know if I, I, I think I need to work out a little bit more to yeah. to, to make that part of my normal kit. <laughs> well, um, it's the same thing with with me and the testing on the on the films. There's boy, you know, testing is something that most people just don't do enough of or practicing. Yes, you know, I uh, I'm, I'm I have high hopes for the Acros uh, film simulation for my black and white because I was an Acros film user, um, and you know Provia as as well. Those colors are, you know, so we'll see. But uh, but yeah, so I, I'm the same way with the testing on that. I've got I've got a the 120 macro that I'm testing right now for the, uh, the GF lens for the uh, for the medium format uh, 100s and. And so far, up close, that lens is ridiculously sharp and crazy. 
and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. So, so going into the GFX, um, and I, I don't mean to make this a, like a competition between two different brands, but um, you, you were using Hasselblad back in the day, and now you're using the GFX system. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how is it? How does it feel being back into medium format, back into but using it on a digital scale? Like, well, it's, it's kind of seamless for me. I mean, I don't, I don't feel the distinction and I'll tell you, probably the reason is because this ridiculous camera is 1.9 pounds. This camera without a lens is under two pounds. And I've got this gigantic sensor on that's hidden away under there. That's, you know, giving me 102 megapixel. That's, that's absurd. And, and I think with the transition into digital, when digital medium format came out, these were not small cameras. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to get a medium format chip in a body, they were pretty beefy bodies, and uh, and they were they were a little bulky and a little cumbersome. Uh, this is not. This is this is just this is just so streamlined. So it it hasn't really been a transition that was any effort whatsoever. The Hasselblad, of course, was is so legendary, and it's you know it's the square it's a square box that you can't hold it very easily unless you've held it in your hand for 20 years and then you can hold it really easily. Yes. You know? And you know exactly how you're supposed to hold it. Uh, but someone picks it up, they have no idea how to hold one. Uh, so it was always awkward. This has never been awkward. <laughs> so yeah. this, this, this has been easy from the start for me. So the transition is, it was real simple. Uh, what would, what would you like to see? So out of all the years of experience um, and where Fujifilm is currently, um, we have more gear on the horizon, uh, of course. There's always going to be the, the next big camera. Sure, sure. Ideally, what would what would be the gear that uh, or the, the additional feature that would really wow uh, a veteran uh, of your stature. Like, w- is there something that you would truly want to see put into a camera that's not currently there yet? Um, hmm. Well, it, if Wish anything, <laughs> I, I, w- <laughs> um, I, w- I would, I would be really interested in a, in a quality uh, tilt shift lens. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's a Fuji, you know, that's a real one made by Fuji for us, you know, as opposed to, you know, there's so many off brands, photo deox and, uh, you know, offshore stuff that are making these, I'm not interested in even testing them. Uh, I'll, I'll just wait, you know? Um, and I think a lot of, uh, a lot of pros are in that same in that same camp, I, I, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to use a tilt shift lens, you're probably a pretty serious pro anyway. And you certainly don't want to use an inferior product. I, re- I remember, uh, at Hasselblad, uh, when asked the question, uh, what does a, uh, does a, does a, does a multiplier do a two X or 1.4 multiplier, uh, degrade the quality? And the answer was always the same, which is it will magnify imperfections in your lens. 
And so if, if they're, and of course, House of Blood's legendary optics with Zeiss lenses, you know, uh, there, there was never, there was never an issue using, uh, using a, an attachment like that. Well, I think the same thing applies with the Fuji. If Fuji film, if these, if these came from Fujinon, these, this, uh, tilt shift, there's no question that it would be legendary quality. Yes. Um, so I don't think that we would have any hesitation gravitating to that for sure. And if I were to guess, I would say there would be a tilt shift for the medium format before there would yeah. be a tilt shift. I, I, I think that makes sense. And you've got the space in there to hit, to still hit a sweet spot on a chip, you know, yes. where you've got some, you've got plenty of coverage uh, because of the size of the chip. If you, if you're, if you're tilting and shifting enough and that you aren't getting full coverage on your, on the sensor. Well, that's fine on that, on that chip. Yeah. Where it might not be with a crop sensor or something different, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I've seen some people use the Canon tilt shift lens mm -hmm. on the medium format mm -hmm. to make some really epic landscapes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and architectural work I've, I've noticed as well. Yeah. It's it, like just the work with tilt shift is phenomenal. It, it really opened my eyes to what that what's kind possible. Of yeah. Well, is. and and it's almost because we we've, we've moved so far away from a bellows uh, large format from a four or five or an eight by ten or a five seven studio bellows camera that we've lost an entire generation of photographers who've never dealt with tilt shift rise and fall they've never swings and tilts they don't know the the terminology of the law of parallel planes or scheimflug for changing plane of focus and and all the stuff that you know we had to know that stuff in those days we didn't have you couldn't slide down in lightroom to lens correction and change perspective <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we had to do it at time of capture or it didn't happen you know yep. and uh, and you had to know how it worked. You had to know how it was all pieced together and, uh, what your limitations were and where, and, and frankly, also where your exposure difference might come into play because sometimes there was an exposure change. You yep. had to know all that stuff up front, you know? So it took a lot of testing. That's for sure. <laughs> and now it's all push of the button. Now it's a push of a button, which is fantastic. I, I love the button push. But, oh yes, yeah. uh, all the time. <laughs> I, if I had a if I had a tilt shift lens from Fujifilm, I would be much happier than trying to correct any converging or diverging lines in Lightroom or in Photoshop, for sure, or Capture One. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you hear that, Fuji? Uh, that's that's the next step. Oh, they know. <laughs> they've heard they've heard from me before. <laughs> this is not the first request. <laughs> Nor will it be the last. Nor will it be the last. <laughs> that's funny. Tony Tiltship Corbell. That's right. That's right. T S. Tony T S Corbell. That actually a nice ring to it. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to get on the road and teach that those techniques to a group of photographers. That's for sure. Um, how you, you said you have a studio and, and everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, it, it is, uh, you know, it, it midsummer it's August. It's, it's mm -hmm. 20, 
20, what, what is it? 2021. 20, yeah. Uh, uh, what is, what is the atmosphere like for you for like, for, 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 um, studio work? How, how has COVID, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a conversation that a lot of people have had. And I think that what, what we saw was the first few months was, was pretty ugly and quiet and everybody stayed home and as they were supposed to and all that. But, uh, certainly in my wife's business in the portrait side, uh, she is up considerably this year, probably 40%, maybe 45%. Oh, wow. Uh, and, uh, contemplating getting some help. I mean, she's, she's, she's overwhelmed with yeah. work and, uh, and it's, it's really exciting. And what's interesting is, uh, I'd like to think it's just her cause she's really talented, but mm-hmm. it's, but it's not just her. It's everybody that we know in the area that that's at the top of their game, so to speak. I mean, the, the, the top photographers, they're all busy. They're all working. They're not, yes. they're not, uh, sitting around, not working. They're busy. And then that's pretty exciting. We've got a big studio. We've got a lot of space almost, you know, well, we're, we're not 4,000 square feet, but we're well beyond three. And, and we've got, we do some workshops in there, uh, lighting workshops, uh, in there once or twice a year. And we, we, we do a lot of stuff and we utilize it a lot. Uh, we shoot bands in there. We've got a warehouse in the back of the studio with exposed brick and it's a funky place and it's really great. And in the front of the studio, we've got three or four formal shooting areas with very, you know, uh, vanity fair looking walls. Uh, but it's a great, it's a great space. And it's, and thankfully the studio's busy and we're keeping it busy. So that's the that's good awesome. news. That's, that's real good, good news. Um, and what are you doing currently for, for workshops or classes? Do you have anything that's coming up i mean you mentioned yeah uh, wppi uh what do you have planned for uh for for that well i'm going out uh, a couple of days early i'm judging i'm one of the print one of the print uh competition judges this year nice. uh and then um for fuji film there's a five or six of us that have been handpicked to to teach some photo walks some one-on-one very uh mentor-like uh photo walks so we'll have It'll be myself and one student, uh, one technician from Fuji, and one model. So the four of us uh, will walk around for two hours doing a, doing a photo walk. And we do that twice a day for a couple of days. And uh, so it's really exciting to do that. So that'll be going on while we're there. But then my workshops, my regular workshops are all, uh, uh, we, we rebranded our workshops to uh, greatphotography.com. So we, we were able to get the site, greatphotography.com, myself and my workshop partner, uh, Rob Hull. And we've also just recently got uh, the YouTube channel, Great Photography. Uh, so we'll be putting up your work. Those were available? Well, we had to do some work on it. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> but, we, uh, but we got them. <laughs> and, uh, but we, uh, so we're working at getting a bunch of videos up to the new YouTube channel. And, and uh, we there's some changes we have to do technically on there to get everything to fit and uh, all the link to links to work properly. But we're right in the middle of all that right now. But uh, yeah, but all of my workshops and our upcoming trips uh, are at greatphotography.com. 
So nice. What yeah. do you have for upcoming trips uh, aside from Vegas? Well, we've got we've we've selected. Uh, we're going to. I've, I'm the biggest Beatles fan you've ever heard of, probably. I've heard. Uh, I've been to Liverpool, England, <laughs> a number of times, and I've I've got so much Beatles memorabilia, and I'm such a fan. It's ridiculous. I've got thirty some odd Beatles books, you know, coffee table books, and anyway, I've uh, I've put together a workshop to Liverpool. And uh, we announced it two or three weeks ago, and we're almost sold out. And it'll be in June next year. And uh, it's it's going to Liverpool with me, and we're going to all the places the Beatles sang about. Penny Lane and uh, Abbey Road. Uh, we'll, we won't go to Abbey Road. We'll go to Penny Lane, and we'll go to Strawberry Fields and, you know, all the Beatles' uh, childhood homes. And, you know, just going to the cavern where they started their career. We'll be in there every night having cocktails, listening right. to Beatles music, you know. And uh, yeah, it's going to be great. There'll be a few, yeah. su- few surprises along the way that we're that we're putting on for the workshop folks that don't know what's coming. But uh, <laughs> that'll be great. And then after that, we we are just about to sign a final contract on an eight day uh, uh, photo tour to the Greece uh, to the Greek Isles. So we'd have two days in Athens, and then seven days aboard a. a a really beautiful yacht that has 24 staterooms. And this is going to be a tribute to ABBA. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be fun. So it's going to be a good year. We, if we just need COVID to get under control a bit so that some of these cities and locations and countries can open up a bit for us and, and we'll be good to go. So we've got lots, of, to see some lots of, those, of stuff uh, in the plans. I can't wait to see some of those photos from the uh, Beatles trip. Yeah. Well, go to go look at the site now. And there's a there's a page dedicated to that workshop, and you can see a handful of some of the pictures I've done over the years. In oh, the, okay. In, I, in I definitely will check that out. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I always try to do some uh, sneaking Beatles photos, uh, like like homages to some of the famous photos. Sure. Uh, in, in some of my weddings, I, I did the the crosswalk. Yeah. Uh, in one of my weddings, and my God, it was just the lamest thing I have ever done. <laughs> like I, I didn't do the photo any justice, and it's uh, and they. Hey, we've all done it. Believe me, yeah. <laughs> believe me, and we've all done it lame. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the groomsman didn't know why he had to take off his shoes. Yeah, it, and it, hold it. a cigarette in his right hand. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um. That's yeah, funny. I was. I was lame, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I got to check that out. Where, where can people find your work on the web? Let's, let's, uh, share that while, well, that's, uh, that's listen. where, that's where, I'm, that's where I'm mostly living these days on that, on that workshop site. Uh, yeah. I do have, you know, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. Uh, not, not as active as I should be, but it's, it's all lowercase Tony Corbell for both of those Twitter and Instagram. Right on. Uh, my Facebook page is very active and uh i'm out of friend space i think i've got 4991 <laughs> so I, nice. I can only accept a couple more friends i gotta move that off and to a business page <laughs> um but yeah um i'm trying to stay active and trying to just keep myself busy and keep some keep some work out there and yeah putting up the good awesome. fight so right on that's all we could ask for yeah uh tony it was awesome chatting with you, man. Well, thank uh, you so much for, for doing this. I, I, uh, I did listen in to your uh, visit with my, my great friend, the Empress of Light, Bobby Lane. 
yes. Bobby and I are very close friends, and uh, she's always called me the um, shadow chasing dude, and she's the Empress of Light. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's our nicknames for each other. <laughs> she was she was a lot of fun to talk to. She's terrific. Um, she's terrific. We we but, we followed each other across the country for ten or fifteen years and had never met, and uh, all of my students were also students of hers, and we we. We, we teach a very, very similar style. Uh, we light uh, commercial editorial location work in very similar styles. And all these years we didn't meet. And then finally we met up in New York and we were just instant best friends. It was great. Nice. So now all we right. talk all we're the time. Putting a pin in, we're going we're gonna to put a pin in ending the show. Um, <laughs> I want <laughs> let, to, let's go back to being an, an ex-photographer. Like when... When did Fujifilm ask you to uh, be an ex-photographer? Well, uh, it, uh, I'm not officially an ex-photographer. I'm a Fujifilm creative photographer. Creative oh, okay. On the creator's I... team. So there's two teams, X-team and then the creator's team. Right and on. They invited me to be on the creator's team about a year ago, and uh, which is great. I'm delighted that they invited me. And, uh, and, it's, fun cause, and it's fun, too, because there's a lot of people on there that I knew and I knew of their work and I was a big fan of their work anyway. So to see that they also have made the, uh, you know, either the leap or are really out there promoting Fuji products as well is encouraging because most of those people that I know are, I really trust their, their judgment and value their opinions. Did you get to meet a lot of them? Like, oh, how, yeah. What, yeah, what, I've met quite a few the over the years. Well, yeah. you, you know, I've been, I've been, I've spoken so much at photo conventions and conferences around the country uh, and that's where I've met so many of the top, top photographers out there. You know, we, we, you know, we'll be in a room together, at, you know, at the, uh, the speakers make, you know, speakers getting ready room, or we'll be judging a competition together or doing a, you know, a, a, a judging panel together or a discussion panel at one of the conferences. Um, and it's, and it's great fun to be able to, you know, to be friends with people like Bobby and, you know. A lot of those top people out there, so. And they have that secret room for the ex-creators, right? Fujifilm. There there's a secret. We we can't talk about it. Ah. <laughs> there, there's a handshake, you know. Oh my god! Uh, I, I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> no, I felt I, like I was part of the team when I got a package in recently with a couple of you know really nice uh, Fuji T-shirts, some hats, uh, a really nice button-down long-sleeve shirt with Fujifilm on it. Oh man, I'm I'm styling now, so I, I got they're 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 dressing me now. So I look nice. out. Yeah, this is great. I, I, I had a conversation with uh, Allison and Miles uh, mm -hmm. a, a while ago, and they were talking about their camaraderie and it, it, like the, the 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 friends they made along the way and everything. And uh, it was uh, yeah. I made the joke that I'm like, I need to get into this club so I could become part of this club. <laughs> yeah. Miles is great. He, uh, I'm looking, he'll, I'll see him in Vegas this weekend. Yeah. I'm looking forward. Oh, he's to, a great guy. I'm he, looking forward to getting some energy. Time with him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I got to do a part two interview with him. <laughs> yeah. He's great. He's, he's out there. He's killing him. He's out there doing it. Yeah, totally. Uh, his, his work is phenomenal. I mean, every, the one thing that I have loved about the, the Fujifilm photography program and uh, creative program is that they have brought in such a wide, diverse group of 
creators uh, that that are just absolutely brilliant in their work, and, and it's like I'm just in awe of uh, everybody's everybody's uh, vision, um, whether it's you, you know the, the the use of light or yeah. you know just being in the right place at the right time for for like street photography. I mean, ju- it just goes on and on. And well, like, and and they're and they're they're energetic. They're highly talented, yeah, and they're absolutely rabid fans of Fujifilm, and and they are they are screaming the praises of Fujifilm everywhere they go. It's really exciting, and and there's, I mean, first off, the products have to be there, and yeah. and the quality has to be there, and, and Fuji's doing it. They're making these great, great products, and then uh, they've really assembled a lot of really good folks out there talking about them, and it's their and their tech team and their management team and their marketing team. You know, all of them are doing such a great job. Victor Ha, I, I just, I'm, I'm such a big fan of Victor's, uh, and Stacy Moore, and and Dana, and uh, I mean, all of them. They're, they're just, and then all the field guys. I know a lot of the field technicians out in the, in the field. Yeah. That I, and some of them I've known twenty years. You know, and and uh, they listen. That that is. They do. They do. And and they've is, been with the company a long time. They're not, you know, some some of the guys in in L.A. For example, there's a handful of people out there that I know. They've been with the company 20, 25 years, some of those guys. Yeah. You know, they're not going anywhere. They love these products. So, yeah, it's 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 been a really good, really nice fit for me, for sure. That is amazing. Um, well, I, I, I would love to chat more, um, but I think that's a good place to end it. Maybe next time we can do a follow-up and just share war stories about uh, the, the film days and uh, all that craziness. I've got stories. I have stories. Um, while, uh, so before we end, just tell the world one more time where they can find you on the web. Well, the best is our, is my workshop site, uh, www.greatphotography.com. Pardon me. On the right side, there's a button that just says click for about. And you can click on the about and then click on my name and it'll take you to a gallery of my work and, and it'll tell you what I'm up to and give you my bio and my background and some of the things I've been up to for the last, you know, 42 years. Um, that is so cool that you got that domain name. That is, that isn't is that great? Greatphotography.com. Damn, that, <laughs> no one will forget it. <laughs> well, that's the idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's the idea. Um, excellent. So, Tony, thank you so much. And we will have to talk soon you bet thank you i appreciate it and i like what you're up to here and i think this is this is good stuff you're doing i'll be following more more and paying more attention believe me thank you all right thank you so much for listening to the show i hope that you enjoyed the interview and i just wanted to mention one more time that this show is brought to you by fuji love magazine for the latest and greatest in all things fujifilm head on over to fujilove.com and check out some of their great articles, great photography, tips, tricks, you name it. Subscribe today, all at fujilove.com. And you can always find me, Mark Sadowski, on Instagram or Twitter. On both platforms, I am Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. Or you can find me on my personal podcast, XMark. You can find that on any platform, iTunes, Stitcher. And it's just me talking about some of my personal journaling through photography. That's X Mark, Mark with a C. That's all for this week. 
See you next time. Mm-hmm.